This week, I'm going to be talking about the no time to die delay and business pivoting. Welcome to episode 257 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. This week, however, it's just me and the mic. And I want to talk to you about business pivoting. Business pivoting. Now, the word pivot, and and I'm prefacing this by saying that pivoting is not my favourite word. It's one of those COVID jargon words that seems to have embedded itself into the culture. It's a bit like circuit breaker. It's one of those words that somebody somewhere, a government person or a marketing person has invented and it's just seeped into our culture. What I want to talk about this week is changing your offer as a result of a major world event like the covid pandemic but i want to i want to use the example of the film industry films films distribution cinemas on demand netflix that sort of thing and have a look at what what is actually going on with major film releases and is this an opportunity for for film distributors to to change their model, to pivot effectively, to change their offer in light of what's happening throughout the world. And this has been prompted, this has been prompted by the delay of No Time to Die. Now, as you know, No Time to Die is Bond 25, the 25th James Bond film, the fifth to star Daniel Craig as 007. And, of course, it was originally intended for this to be released in April 2020, which, of course, is long gone. That was right in the middle of the first lockdown. So what they did in April 2020 is they they set a new date, November 2020, which, of course, is only a few weeks away. And a few weeks ago, I was really disappointed with the announcement that No Time to Die would be delayed again until April 2021. Now, I have to say I'm a massive, massive James Bond fan. In fact, during the first lockdown, me and my wife watched all 25 James all 24 James Bond. Well, actually, there are 25 if you include Never Say Never Again, which was the comeback film that Sean Connery made, which was sort of non-canonical. It wasn't made by the broccoli producers, it was made by somebody else. So technically there was 25, but I'm I'm going off as a tangent here. So we watched all 24 of the mainstream James Bond films, starting with Dr. No, working our way all the way through, all 24 of them, up until Spectre, 2015's Spectre. And, And that was almost like a precursor to getting to see No Time to Die. So we were very, very disappointed when No Time to Die was delayed. But actually, 
This has been happening quite a lot during the COVID crisis. Films have been delayed. It's not just No Time to Die. Quiet Place 2 has been delayed. Wonder Woman 1984 has been delayed. Batman and June have been delayed until 2022, I believe. So that's a long time to wait, a long time to wait. And that disappointment was sort of because we like James Bond films and we like going to the cinema, but also there's been so much doom and gloom recently, hasn't there, with with all the lockdowns, with the constant doom and gloom messaging from the government. And to me, the James Bond film was just something not far away, only a couple of weeks away, like a light at the end of the tunnel, a light on the horizon, something to look forward to. Now, probably like a lot of people, we decided not to go on holiday this year. So it was it was something there that we were looking forward to. And the distributors announced that No Time to Die would be delayed until April 2021. Another six months of delay. Another six months of delay. But I find myself thinking, you know, we've just had the government announcements today of the three-tier, not quite a full lockdown, but the three tiers of getting us to quite a full lockdown. You know, some of them are talking about the lockdowns going on, the measures going on for another six months. And I'm just thinking, what happens if we get to February or March 2021 and all of this is still going on? I mean, it's very likely that this will still be going on in March or April 2021. So the likelihood is that those distributors will say, do you know what? We still can't show No Time to Die in April 2021. We're going to delay it until November 2021 or even April 2022. And I do find myself thinking, how long can they continue to delay these blockbuster films? I mean, think about it. If the cinemas haven't got anything to show between now and a whole year going forward, are they going to be in business in April 2021? or in April 2022, when all of these blockbusters, when they decide to actually get them out there, will there be any cinemas left to show them in? And that's another thing. If they save all of these blockbusters all up at once, is that not going to reduce the number of people who actually go to the cinema to see them? Because actually what will happen is people will have to make a choice. It's James Bond, or it's Wonder Woman, or it's Quiet Place 2. I can't go to see them all. So are they actually creating a problem for themselves in the future by delaying these films now? Because there just won't be the demand for so many blockbusters if and when things get back to normal. If they do ever get back to normal. And now we know what we know why they're doing this, obviously. They want to pack the cinemas in jam-packed full of people, like they always do. They want to maximise the box office takings. They want to get back the amount of money they invested into the film. They want the box office takings to be massively bigger than the cost of the production. And I understand that. It's the, it's the basis of business. It's how cinemas and it's how distributors of films have worked for decades, for nearly 100 years. But the world has changed. And I just wonder... Are the cinemas and are the distributors missing a trick here because the world has changed? Are they actually 
wrong to sit back and think we're going to wait for it to go back to the way it was. Will it ever go back to the way it was? Should they be thinking of changing their model? Should they be thinking of changing their offer? And this is where we come to the pivot. This is where we come to the pivot. Now, thinking back to March and April last this year, when we were all locked down properly, we had to stay in the house unless we were going shopping or if we were, unless we were out on our once-a-day exercise. Lots and lots of marketing experts across the world started using the pivot word. You must pivot your business. If you're an offline business, you must go online. If you're a person who's suddenly out of work or been put on furlough, here's your choice to learn a new skill. Read that book that you've always wanted to read. Learn that language that you've always wanted to learn. There was quite a lot of assumptions being made, I thought, by these marketers. Because actually, if you think about it, yes, it might have been an opportunity for a lot of people, a necessity to move their business off from on, offline to online. And yes, if you were put on furlough, it might have been an opportunity for you to learn a language or to read a book or to write a book even. But the other fact is that those things might not have changed. Your business might not have been affected you might have been put on furlough, but all of a sudden you've got five children to look after and to homeschool. And if you've got five children to look after and to homeschool, you're not going to have time to write a book or learn a new language. The problem with sweeping statements like, you must pivot your business, you must learn a new skill, is that they are too general. You assume that everybody's circumstances are the same. And the reality is that no one business and no one individual and no one's, one family's circumstances are the same. And that's really the main point of what I want to put across today in this episode of the Marketing and Finance podcast. It goes right back to the basics of marketing. What is the need of the customer that we serve? What is the need of the client that we serve? And what is the offer that we give to that client? And as most marketers know, marketing is a deep, almost obsessive understanding of the customer. And you have to understand what the customer's needs are in order to make your product or service fit those needs. And the reality is, that everybody, every, every customer's needs are different. And the COVID crisis came along and a lot of, and a lot of times changed the needs of the individual. And if a business needed to change its offer to meet those changed needs, then yes, of course, that qualifies as a business pivot or a change of your offer or a change of direction or a refinement of your offer or a refinement of your direction. But there's no one size fits all solution. We've got to go right back to basics and work out the customer and the customer need. And that's the point. How can we pivot our businesses without knowing all of those traditional, absolute Bobby basics, textbook marketing questions. And 
On the Marketing and Finance podcast, I constantly repeat this time and time again. Marketing is not just about communications. It's not just about sending out emails, sending out adverts, doing blogs, doing videos, doing promotions. Marketing is understanding the customer working out what the customer's problems are and coming up with solutions in the in the as products and services that meet the needs of those customers so i'll repeat it again three questions that you need to ask yourself who's the customer be absolutely pinpoint accurate on who your customer is secondly what is their need what is the problem that they face And that's probably the thing that's changed the most as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. So if your customer is somebody who wants to get fit and they previously went to a gym or they previously went to an exercise class, then their needs changed because at the time of the first lockdown, all the gyms had closed. So their need does transfer into an online environment. So in that circumstance, a pivot from offline to online would be absolutely, absolutely justified. But not in all circumstances, but not in all circumstances. And the third question, the third question, how can you meet that need? How can you solve that problem better, preferably different to anybody else? How can you solve that problem better and preferably different to anybody else. That's your product, that's your service, that's your competitive advantage. Now let's go back to the cinemas for a moment. Despite the COVID crisis, people still want to see films. (laughs) Indeed, as I said, my wife and I watched all 24, 25 James Bond films during lockdown. We also watched loads of other films, all three Back to the Future films. We watched all the uh, Mission Impossible films. We watched loads of musicals, Mamma Mia, uh, Sunshine on Leith. So many films, we've lost count of how many films. People still want to go to the cinema. Some people just want the excitement of seeing something on the big screen. But the problem is that social distancing has meant that the number of people sitting in the cinemas has been vastly reduced. And that's where the distributors are getting worried because they can't make the colossal bucks getting bums on seats in cinemas like they always have. But then there's, on the other side of the coin, there are a lot of people, I think, who are quite happy to watch films in the comfort of their own home. Now, you might not be on such a gigantic screen as you'll have in a cinema, but let's face it, some home cinema screens are actually quite big these days, and you can even get those projectors that project it right onto the screen, onto the wall in your house. And, And there are some of us who... Whilst we like going to the cinema, what we don't like is when we get to the cinema and we're sat down and we're relaxed and we're waiting for the film, somebody comes and sits down next to us with a gigantic bucket of popcorn the size of a beer barrel and starts shoveling it in their mouth very noisily or crunching away on nachos or stretching nacho cheese in all directions or chomping away on hot dogs. Now, I'm being a bit facetious here, but sometimes... That's not a very pleasant experience. Sometimes it's actually nicer to sit at home because then at least you're in control of what's going on around you. So we've got social distancing cutting down the numbers and you've got some people who prefer to watch at home. So the big question I have is, 
Why haven't the distributors taken this opportunity to launch these films on demand into the home? Now, in fairness, in fairness, during the lockdown, Tenet, were the time travel film, was one of those that was delayed. And it was delayed several times. And eventually, the distributors launched it to the cinemas. And even though, even though there was social distancing, they launched it to the cinemas. On the other side of the coin, Disney's film, Mulan, they took the decision to launch it entirely on demand. I think you had to pay, was it, £20 on top of the Disney Plus subscription. £20 on top of the Disney Plus subscription. And loads of people were happy to pay that £20 to watch that new film. Now, again, we know that distributors want to make maximum profits. They want to get those bums on seats, but they can't get bums on seats. So what would be the price that they would have to charge to get people to watch No Time to Die? Well, from a personal point of view, when I go to the cinema, I expect to pay probably between 10 and £15 pounds per person to see a film. Sometimes we'll spring a little bit extra for the premiere seat, you know, the one that's a little bit bigger. So I'm thinking it's around about £30, pounds, 30 to £40, pounds if you assume that that's a family going to the cinema to see a blockbuster. Now, admittedly, you can't really charge somebody five ninety nine to see a massive new release like No Time to Die. You would expect to pay five ninety nine to watch it on demand after it's been at the cinema for six months or after it's been on Blu-ray or DVD for a while. But you can't expect to pay five ninety nine for a brand new film. So to me, somewhere between thirty and forty quid for a family to watch. No Time to Die or any blockbuster in the comfort of your own home seems to me to be a reasonable price to pay. Do you think that feels like a reasonable price to pay? And you could, they could come up with some sort of combination plan, couldn't they? They could say, well, okay, you've got a family of five. Um, the cinemas have got to socially distance, so there's not as many seats. So maybe two or three of us actually go to the cinema and watch it on the big screen, but the ticket we've bought allows us to stream it into the home so the others can watch it as well for the same 20 to 30, 30 to 40 pounds. And that 20 to 30 or 40 pounds gives you a month to watch the film either at the cinema or in the comfort of your own home. Wouldn't that be a win-win both for the cinemas and for the distributors. Now, I think one of the objections is that there isn't the network of on-demand facility. I mean, would they put it on Netflix or would they put it on Amazon? Would they put it on Sky? Would they put it on Disney? Maybe all of those networks together don't have the same expansive reach as the cinemas do. Well, we're in an extraordinary, unprecedented, for goodness sake, circumstance here. Is it beyond the capability of these cinema chains to come together and create some sort of on-demand platform onto which they could launch their films, allowing people to see them at the cinema or in the comfort of their own home? That's why I think businesses need to look at the pivot, because the needs of the customers have changed. Before 
So many people were happy to go to the cinema. Now some are scared to go. Now some don't want to go because of the social distancing requirements. But they still want to see the films. And if we go back to those questions, who is the customer? What's their problem or issue or need? And how do we solve that problem better and preferably different to anybody else? Doesn't that lead you to the conclusion that the cinema and the film distributor model does need to pivot, does need to change its offer, does need to take into consideration the world that we're currently living in. Because it might not go back to normal within six months or within a year. By all means, change the model now. Pivot for six months, pivot for a year. Maybe we'll actually find that especially that combination of going to the cinema and being able to see it in the home, that might become a model that people might really enjoy. That might actually boost revenue, boost profits over the long term. That might be the new way of doing things. I think one of the things that the COVID crisis has taught me as a marketer is it's okay to revisit your offer and it's okay to assume that things won't go back to normal. Indeed, they may not go back to normal. I'd love to hear what your thoughts on this are. So thank you so much for listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast. It was a little bit of a rant today. I'm so passionate about cinema. I always have been. I always have been passionate about cinema. I love my films. But I'd be really interested to hear your take on this. So do please get in touch with me. RogerEdwards.co.uk. That's the website rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's the podcast part of the website. Or you can find me on Twitter at Roger underscore Edwards. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast. Next week, we'll be back to the interview format. So until then, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.